welcome to Carolina Home Podcast. We are so glad you guys are here. I am here with my co-host, Mr. Chip Harris. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Well, good. So just a reminder, we always like to tell you guys why we are here. We are two realtors with a passion for the Carolinas, and we just want to thank you for being along um, on this journey with us. And as usual, we are sponsored by... Hillcrest Realty Group. I just like how you say that. Thank you. I'm excited about it. <laughs> All right, so we are going to start off with our trivia. Oh, cool. All right. So our state our, trivia. Our, our state trivia. All right. All right, here we go. So I'm going to try not to butcher any of these names, no, okay? that's fine. All right, so we are heading towards um, the Native Americans in this one. Okay. All, All right. right. So, the Sapani tribe lives in the high plains of the northern Piedmont along the North Carolina and Virginia state line. The Sapani tribal insignia hmm. includes the leaf of which plant that was once very valuable in our state? Ooh. You should be able to get this. All right. This is it multiple choice? It is. All right, cool. I, I, I think I, I know. I, I try to keep a multiple choice for you. I thank you. I need that. You know, I, I do my best. Uh, I, it's just like back in school. I need sure, that. Try to scaffold you for success for all my, my teacher <laughs> listeners out there. All right. Your choices are A, cotton. Okay. B, tobacco. Okay. C, soybean. Ooh, because all three are real staple agricultural products right? still today in North well, Carolina. So we got a lot of cotton out, you know, you know when you're driving to the beach? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Right. So yeah. we always my husband loves to take like the back roads whenever possible. Yep. Our highway systems are great. Mm -hmm. You know, we are definitely one of like the premier located, you know, especially in the triad, mm -hmm. you know, with um the logistics, with the train stations and you know highways. The, yeah, yeah, all mm -hmm. of that. But we always try to get off the beaten track when we can. Yeah, sure. And, you know, you get closer and closer to the beach. Yeah. And even closer and closer to South Carolina. And you start seeing all those cotton fields. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's beautiful when they're, when it's white and it's, it's blooming and yep. in there. And then, you know, they come in and chop it down and, you know, pick it and chop it down. That's yep. a little bit less attractive, but it's cool. It, it is so cool. It is, um still a staple crop yeah. in North Carolina and all over the South, yeah. even today. And uh, we, we provide those to textile companies all over the world. Well, that's true. And I'm wondering, so you know how, especially in Georgia, mm -hmm. right? Ms. Jody Kane could probably tell us a little bit more about this, but and I think South Carolina, you know, people come here from other states and they try to leave with the Spanish moss. Oh yeah, you don't right? want to and, do that. Right, yeah. you, you know what's oh. what's in the Spanish moss. Oh yes, it's little red chiggers, chiggers. and stuff, bugs. Everywhere. Oh yeah. Right, oh, yeah. so I wonder, do you think we have chiggers and cotton? No, I don't know that. I, I, I don't think so, but there, it could be. I have no I've idea. I've never picked cotton, so I have no idea. Well, that's true, me either. I don't own a farm, but I will say this. Uh, although we're focusing on cotton, I think the answer to the trivia question is tobacco. Oh, Macy, I was trying to trying to lead you down the other path. I knew you were. I knew you were. But yeah, I think it's got to be tobacco. It is tobacco. Awesome. Also, it definitely is tobacco. So, Sapani tribe of Native Americans in the northern Piedmont area of North Carolina. Yeah. Their insignia included the tobacco leaf. Included the tobacco leaf. That's interesting to me. Hmm. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. And cool. I know you know I like most well. Uh, maybe like most people, you know, I've waited tables, you know, at one time in my life. Sure. 
and I actually worked at what used to be called the Brick Oven yeah. in Kernersville. I know where that is. I've eaten it many times. I forget what they call it now. They changed the name. I think it's like 66. 66 Pizza. Pizzeria. Pizzeria I think it is. Or something like that. Because it's on Highway 66. But yeah. there were um, so many of the women. Um, one of them I remember very, very vividly. She was a wonderful lady. Her name was Lisa. And she actually grew up picking tobacco. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's just a different lifestyle. Yeah. My dad picked tobacco and cut tobacco. I, you know, he just tell me stories about, you know, farm life. I just, you know, I guess I'm a city boy, even though I don't sound like it. I just, I'm not, I have no clue how to be a farmer. You know, we've got chickens at home. I don't you know if you knew that. I do, did not know that. Yeah. We, we've had chickens off and on and we've had some good luck with chickens and bad luck with chickens, but Martha Ann wanted chickens again. So we've got chickens and I built a new chicken coop and everything. Well, good. I need eggs. Well, we're hoping eggs will come. So yeah. then you just got them this year? Just like this week. Got oh, them Saturday. I don't know. You got the babies. No, 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 no. We bought we bought some from a friend of ours that has a chicken farm and they're mature. They're, oh. they're already egg laying. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Do you know what kind you got? Uh, one's a Rhode Island Red. Love those. The others... I have no idea. Martha Ann knows, but I, I don't get into chickens other than eating them. I love my chickens. We don't eat our chickens. We just eat the eggs. Oh, well, we, we, we may or may not have had a chicken or two in the freezer. I understand. Well, I, I go to the grocery store, too. So. Grocery store. Bless. <laughs> Bless. All right. I figure if i got to pull a feather off of it, it ain't coming into my freezer. No. I'm, I'm going to go to Publix <laughs> to get it. But Publix or, yeah. or Island always has a hairiest teeter. A hairiest teeter? Hairiest teeter. Well, all right. All right. Well, so that's a cool trivia question. And, um, you know, as we move along here, I think that um, what we would like to focus on today is what I am calling the future of community is now. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, the reason I want to talk about it is community, which is defined in many different ways, but what I'm considering community is uh, your town, mm -hmm. your city, mm -hmm. where you live, your, your community. Mm -hmm. And uh, community in a lot of different ways, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of professionals' opinions, is going to continue to change mm -hmm. in terms of how it looks how what's important to mm -hmm. a community to be vibrant and alive and continue to thrive mm -hmm. as compared to even two years ago let alone a decade two decades or three decades ago well and even a year ago I mean, exactly. honestly with all the changes that i mean the entire world has had you know to put in place yeah the COVID 19 pandemic has certainly been a catalyst for change mm -hmm. and that a lot of those changes will 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 be pushed back into mm -hmm. the old school thought process but i truly believe that a lot of the changes that have occurred will continue and actually probably be exacerbated as we move forward and and i think some of those changes are driven primarily when when you're talking about real estate which right. is what we kind of focus on yeah. for obvious reasons you know, when you're talking about real estate, what I think a lot of those changes are going to circle around is commuting. Yeah. And, and you know, I know there have been many articles and, and news articles around changing statistics around how many people work from home versus in an office setting. And obviously, when COVID-19 hit, it was already trending to telecommuting. Mm -hmm. But it really pushed it forward, obviously, with COVID-19. Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely did. And 
I don't know that that's going to change. I, it may a little bit push back a little bit, but I think that our community has got to adjust cities, talking about municipalities, mm -hmm. cities, even states, but primarily towns and cities are going to have to change their mindset around attracting uh, big business that brings employees because I don't think those employees may even come. The business may move to your town or city, but a lot of times if it's a white collar service industry of any kind, I think a lot of those people continue to work from home, whether they're in California, North Dakota, yeah. North Carolina, wherever. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of cities and municipalities in general give incentives and tax credits mm -hmm. to big companies to move in if they bring so many jobs. But well, in the Piedmont, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, we have a lot. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and and those are important. You want to attract business away from, uh, you, we're all competing here yep. for, for a minute number of industries and businesses and jobs. But when, when municipalities offer incentives, they're going to have to ask the question, not necessarily how many employees this will generate, but how many employees in our town this will generate because I think that because a company moves to, for example, Greensboro, North Carolina, and promises three hundred jobs, mm -hmm. are those three hundred jobs going to be in Actually Greensboro? Going to be here, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's a big deal. And and I'm sure you know our governor, government officials are thinking through that. And obviously, they may have in the past, and, and contractually, these have to be local jobs for people here. But I think more and more. It's going to be important to ask those questions. Well, and I mean, even, you know, it, it goes even deeper than that, right? You know, I mean, I'm, you know, currently in the middle of, you know, private online homeschooling. Yes, you know, that's you know, right. Adeline. Absolutely. And I know a lot of other parents are finding them, you know, themselves in a similar situation. So it's not even, you know, I mean, it used to be, I need to be in this neighborhood. That's right. Right. For in this order school to go to this school, right? Or I need to be 20 minutes from this spot where my job is. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's, that. I mean, it's going to be a consideration for some. Absolutely. Still. Absolutely. But, but I, yeah. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, and it all circles back to real estate. Mm -hmm. I mean, really where people live, how they live, their uh, lifestyle will, will be a lot more flexible now, mm -hmm. in my opinion, with the jobs that are saying to, you know, these employers that are saying to their employees, Hey, if you want from home, if you want to work from home, you can work from home. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I said before, if you want to work for a company in Los Angeles, California, but we live in High Point or Greensboro, North Carolina, you may be able to work for that company in California and not have to move, yep. which from a real estate perspective, you know, we, we've talked in the past, I think our last uh, market moment mm -hmm. segment was on inventory and how housing inventory is so low. And um, that really, we've had low inventory for a couple of years. However, since the pandemic began in 2020, and you've got to admit, inventory has become anemic. Oh, yeah. No, inv yeah, inventories. It, it's a record low. And, and so it's Super very difficult, low. very right. difficult for buyers to find a home and then not, not overpay, essentially, just to get a house. And so I believe a lot of that has to do with people not having to move. Yeah. They don't have to move. Well, and, you know, we're also seeing a lot of people are spending a lot of time in their homes. Mm -hmm. So they're learning what works, what doesn't work, you know, right. you know, Hey, I actually do need, you know, 
maybe they now need formal dining rooms, you know, to turn them into offices or formal living rooms. Because, I mean, there for a long time there, there was a huge push for those open floor plans. That's right. And, you know, you've still got a lot of people that love those, mm -hmm. right? Clear sight lines for kids, you know, things like that. But a lot more people are starting to want that traditional, you know, divided space yeah. house again. Because they need the workspace uh -huh. that's a little more private, a little more quiet. Yep. And uh, yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, dynamics are changing, yeah. uh, not only in real estate, but in communities in general. And I think that municipalities are going to have to also really focus on the living experience right. to attract people to their towns. Yep. You know, I mean, bringing companies with jobs isn't enough. But for example, in the triad, we've got three major cities, mm -hmm. High Point, Greensboro and Winston-Salem. Mm -hmm all competing with each other yep. for, for different things. And so in High Point, North Carolina, where I live, the thought process is for me, we need to boost our efforts or continue to grow our efforts to become a more livable town mm -hmm. with, you know, bike lanes on the roads, mm -hmm. greenways and parks, which we have a lot of, which is a we're great. We're starting to see even more of those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And more walkable, um, or local things that are easily easy to get to, mm -hmm. um, you know, walking or riding a bike or just in a short car ride. Yep. And, you know, our cities have been kind of sprawling in the past mm -hmm. and hard to do that. But I think we're seeing a real resurgence in the downtown areas to focus on walkable um, things to do. Well, you know, another thing I noticed, mm -hmm. so um, Adeline mm -hmm. uh, has a birthday. You know, coming up, yep, so we're, yep. we're, we're sprucing up a little bit. So we went to you know our local hardware store and um, went to go buy some flowers and stuff like that on a Monday. It was packed. Was it really? Oh my gosh! But on a Monday. On a Monday. Yeah. What are all these people doing for a living, huh? Well, everybody's <laughs> on Zoom. I guess you know? so. I, mean, I guess you know, so. You can. I mean, you know, still run that sales meeting or whatever you have to do in the parking lot in your car, you know, on your phone, on your phone. That's right. I mean, you can work on your phone most of the time. It's I mean, amazing. I think it's nuts. I, I remember one of my very favorite books um, is by Tim Ferriss. Have you ever heard of Tim Ferriss? I have. So he does um, four hour work week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love that book. Um, I'm, I'm still definitely in the very early stages of putting anything like that into practice in my own life, sure. but it's fascinating. But just the way he really talks and he's followed and interviewed families hmm. that, you know, went and sailed the world or, you know, whatever with their kids. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think where, you know, I'll, I've always had this dream, you know, of one day getting an RV and just you know, working on the road, <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and I always thought that was really kind of nuts. Yeah. Turns out maybe it's not. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, even with what we do, with a little help yeah. from other oh, yeah. coworkers, yep. you know, we can be out of town and work from our phone and laptops and, and, and still help our clients in a, in a superior way. Absolutely. That's know? one of the beauties. That's right. That's right. So, you know, talking about the future of community is now, I think COVID has really pushed um, what our future as a community will look like mm -hmm. and what it needs to look like. And, and, and it is going to be, um, you know, better, more available living lifestyle types of amenities mm -hmm. that are going to be necessary to attract people to move to your town or city. Or stay. 
or stay there. Exactly. Because, again, we're competing mm -hmm. even just in local cities. We're competing, let alone all over the country. Well, and we have an awesome university. We do. Right? We do. Right here in High Point. Yeah, well, our whole triad area is full of oh, higher is. education. I mean, it's a lot. We have a lot going on here. We do. I mean, just I mean, just right here. I mean, just top of my head, right? We've got High Point University. Yep. We've got University of North Carolina Greensboro. That's right. We've got Winston-Salem State University. We've got NCANT. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, we've, and we've got tons of little, not little, but, you know, Community college. college. Yeah, community private colleges, college. Private college. Gilbert College. Yeah. yeah, Gilbert College. I mean, it, there's Greensboro College, right. Elon. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So, and all these kids that are moving here from most of the time out of state yeah. to go to school, yeah. at least, especially private schools, we want them to stay. Yeah. We want them to be productive citizens here in the triad area of North Carolina. So, we need to make it livable. And I think with people having options to live elsewhere, even if their jobs are here, we've got to create an environment where people want to stay. And mm -hmm. I think the city of High Point, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem are all working very hard to do that mm -hmm. and, and are succeeding. I think so. Yeah, this is a great place to live. A lot of things to do here. I like it. I do too. I do I'm too. So telecommuting um, is, is the way of the future. I think that from a real estate perspective, class A office space, big, big office buildings with expensive rents and overhead uh, are going to have a hard time over the next couple of years. Do you know what I'm starting to see some of those getting turned into? What? Storage facilities. You know what? I noticed the same thing. Mm -hmm. Really nice office buildings mm -hmm. like they're self-storage places yep. now. And that tells you something. Tells you something huge. It does. I mean, these big companies may not need that big space anymore. Yep. You know, another thing you mentioned this is homeschooling. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people who were kind of forced into doing school at home, mm -hmm. whether in public schools or private school, or in some cases, people chose to just homeschool, mm -hmm. which are a lot of options now. Oh, yeah. Online. Oh, that's use, a whole other podcast. Thing. It is. I mean, you know, you <laughs> use Liberty University, which has a great program for, um, for Addy, but, you know, I think there's going to be more and more of that. Mm -hmm. I don't, and, you know, I don't think. I don't think 75% of parents are going to be able to homeschool most likely because most people do still, even if they're working from home, have to focus exactly. at, on work. Yeah. But I will say this, I think, you know, in the book I wrote, Millennial Hope. I love I, that. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I, I talked about, you know, what will education look like in the future? Mm -hmm. You know, we spend so much tax money on buildings and infrastructure, on buses, mm -hmm. on maintenance, facility upgrades and maintenance and building buildings and hiring principals and janitors and all kinds of jobs, which is great from an employment perspective, but I'll say it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So we have had a, a forced experiment over the last year and a half on online learning, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It's, it's been forced. It's bye been, bye spring break. Bye bye spring break. <laughs> I know, no kidding. I know. And, and really summers, I mean, bye it's, bye just, snow days. it's tough. Yeah. I mean, do school on snow days and you know, I I don't like change all that much. It's no, hard for me. You know, really? you know me. Yeah. I, I I like traditional. You know, just get up, go to the go to the yellow bus, ride at the school, get off at three, and come home <laughs> on the yellow bus, and and then your day's over except for homework. But I really think that mindset is going to be totally out of touch 
in the near future. It's going to be really, really interesting. And I'm doing everything I can to not get on my soapbox right now. I know. I know. <laughs> but we, we, have to, we have to think through these things. However, I really do feel like the government can save a whole lot of money if we focus on online learning as well as in-school learning. And, and you and I have both talked about schools and school systems and neighborhood schools mm -hmm. versus, you know, busing and things like that. And, you know, it is what it is. But I think that the online curricula, think of how many laptops mm -hmm. can be purchased if you don't have to build a new school building. Well, that's a good point too. How many, I mean, internet access for uh, underprivileged communities could be supplemented or even free if you don't have to hire a bunch of facilities, maintenance, equipment, and things for school systems. I mean, there's so much money to be saved. It can be put in other areas for much less money and be just as effective. And maybe you create learning centers near, near communities mm -hmm. or in communities where people can go, students can go, either walk to or shortly ride to and sit down at a computer and you have maybe 50 kids in there on laptops doing self-guided study with a teacher. Mm -hmm. So yeah, their teacher to student ratio is very high, but it's all self-guided and the teacher's there to assist, not well, and, teach. And that, you know, there, there's going to be a lot to unpack on that too. Oh right? yeah. So yeah. that know, could be a whole other podcast. Right. Too. That's what, for those of y'all that don't know, I did go to, I've been in real estate forever, but I did go to school for education. Yep. Had an amazing professor. Love her to pieces. She's actually here locally here in High Point. Hi, Marilyn. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she's, anyway, I could so go on a tangent on that. But, you know, I think it also comes down to just the quality of the education. Yes. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, and again, I'm going to try not to go down any huge rabbit holes. Um, but, you know, just with, with the testing and, mm -hmm. you know, the Common Core and, you know, I mean, every, everybody has their thoughts, feelings, opinions. Sure on all of this, yes. you know, but I mean, I think it's really coming down to, like you said, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the community. And one of the things that, you know, I learned, researched, was taught and used with my kiddos mm -hmm. when I taught, mm -hmm. you know, was just that whole brain learning, right? We called it the whole brain child. Cool. So you're, you're looking at the whole child, not just, you know, the little piece that you want them to test well on. <laughs> sure. But I kind of think communities are the same way, right? You're, you're focusing on the whole individual, not just, hey, I need to be five minutes from XYZ. grocery store. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. And I know what's been interesting for me as well. And again, I know with COVID, some people are going out to eat, some people aren't, mm -hmm. um, you know, completely respect wherever you fall in that spectrum, you know, but I've even gotten really um, dependent on like Grubhub. Oh yeah, DoorDash. And, and DoorDash. Absolutely, yeah. Like, that's really nice. It's I mean, not crazy. that I don't love my restaurants here. Sure. But you know, for five bucks. That's right. You know, to have them just kind of bring it. It's, I know. It's kind of nice. It, it's really cool. And I I never used DoorDash until just this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, where I guess towards the end of 2020. Yep, yep. It's a new thing for me because I I like to go out to eat and I'm old fashioned. I'll go pick it up. Yep. You know, but. My wife, actually, at her employer, they, they gave them a, an incentive, and the incentive was everybody in the company got $200 in DoorDash credit. Ah. And so that's what turned us on to it. We started using that $200 up and, you know, got a few meals out of it brought to us at the house. And 
it's like all of a sudden now we're throwing our money on DoorDash because that's what we like to do. That's what we like to do. I know. I know. It's nice. So, so your wife is part of the uh, merger. Well, yeah, Wake Forest Baptist Health uh-huh. is merging with Atrium Health Atrium, in Charlotte. That's what it's called. Yeah, I've yeah. got a good friend that was explaining the whole thing to me. And she mentioned the DoorDash yep, yep. gift certificate thing. It was kind of cool. It was really kind of a cool thing. And, you know, not a lot of money, although for the probably over 10,000 employees, that, well, probably there. over 20,000 employees, both of those units have. I mean, that's a lot of money to spend. But, you know, it's 200 bucks per person from an individual level perspective, isn't a lot of money, but it was just a cool incentive because we had never used DoorDash. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, this is cool, let's do it. And it worked out well. Yeah, I haven't done anything with Instacart yet. Have you done anything with Instacart? No, I haven't. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I love my Aldi. Oh, you, you told me you liked Aldi. I like Aldi too. So, you know, here, Aldi, it's a, um, a small grocery store. Um, they have very limited, you know, uh, products and things to select from. Um, in some parts of the country, they have legal Lidl, yeah, we have Lidl here. Yep, yep, it's we do a competitor, have, yep, we have I think, Lidl Aldi. here now, and um, yeah, but Aldi offers Instacart. Really? And I just, huh. I don't know, I'm struggling with that one a little bit. Well, you know, Aldi has really good stuff. They have good produce. It's yeah. usually fresh. I know and their cheese. And their cheese is they have a good selection, and it, it's usually very, you know, it's fresh. It's, it's it's good stuff. The only thing about Aldi is I tend to just stop in there or pop in there and not plan to go. And I always forget they don't give you bags. So I'm one of those idiots that goes into Aldi and buys a bunch, gets a bunch of stuff in my cart. And then I'm stuck at the end of the lane, like, how am I going to get this out? And so I'm like, do you have a box I could put this in? So and, you're one of the weirdos. Oh, yeah, and they sell those little fabric bags. And I refuse to buy because I've got I many, a million of them. I don't even home. use them. Honestly, I just put the stuff in my cart, load it up in the back of the car, oh. and then the family helps me unload it. So you take it out to the grocery store. I thought you had to leave the cart in the store. I didn't know you could take it no, into the park. you can take it out as long as you've got to get your quarter back. That's the quarter. That's right. That's the quarter. <laughs> I, okay. Anyway, I'm going to get off the Aldi thing. We, we, we digress. Yeah. So, so you know, we are getting a little cattywampus, were we? Little cattywampus. That is a th- southern saying. That is our southern saying. <laughs> that is our southern saying. Yeah. So. I, I looked it up. You know, there's like, I don't like a ridiculous number of ways to spell cattywampus. Is it in the dictionary? That's what I want to know. Well, I, it depends on what dictionary. <laughs> Is it the urban dictionary, the southern dictionary, the Webster's dictionary, the like... We'll say it's a word. We'll say it's a word. We, we, say, we say it. We say it. Now, what does it mean? It means that something's going sideways. Yeah, you're a little bit topsy-turvy. Right? Little to- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Cattywampus. Cattywampus. Yeah, so the future of community is a little cattywampus. The future of community is a little cattywampus. That was a very nice segue there, Mr. Yes. Harris. Thank you, thank you. Because, <laughs> I mean, it is changing. It's a little upside down, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, you know, let, let's change with the times. Let's enjoy this opportunity to evolve yeah. from a community perspective make ourselves and our space in which we live better Mm -hmm. and attract more people to what we like here in the triad. Hey listeners, we're we're talking to you guys. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, Hey, real quick. I know we are getting ready to wrap up, but I always like to ask, what are we loving? And you have something today. I did. And I'll tell you, I was talking about it earlier uh, before we started the podcast. And what I'm loving today is banana pudding. 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 Not pudding. No, no, no. Pudding. Banana pudding. And 
Banana, you're picky about your banana pudding. I am very picky about banana pudding. And if my mom is listening to this, forgive me, mom, but <laughs> she loves to make me banana pudding, but she serves banana pudding the real old Southern way. Okay. It's hot and it's got meringue on it. Yeah. Yeah. So she almost has like a banana pudding pie. Kind of with a meringue topping. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. that's the way my grandmother made it. And that's the way she makes it. My dad loved it. I like cold banana pudding and I do not like meringue and she knows this so that I'm not, she's listening to this and hopefully and, and, and doesn't get offended. Hopefully she'll but, love you anyway. Oh yeah, she will. But those, oh my gosh, banana pudding, it doesn't need to be served hot, mom. I'm telling you, it's, it's better cold. <laughs> I like it cold. You know what I don't like? I'm honest. This is, this is very controversial. What's that? And wrong. I do not like vanilla wafers in my banana pudding. I love Nilla wafers. Right, in my they're, right. they're not vanilla, they're Nilla. But no, I like to like dip it. Uh huh. But I don't like when they get soggy. No, well, they do. I don't mind the sogginess unless it's like two days later sogginess. But I like crunchy Nilla wafers in my banana pudding. And I have banana pudding at Rainbow today. Oh. Rainbow over off of Westchester. They are supposed to be so good. It is good. It's got a huge variety of food there, and their banana pudding is killer. Oh. I got to tell you. It's really good. I had that for we'll lunch today. To, so I Along had with an food. old client, not old in age, but like from a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And he and his partner would rave about Rainbow. Well, I would say the population that goes to Rainbow is typically a more mature population See, based on my observation. About. But they know what they're talking about and it is good Southern fare. So I would recommend it. And we have learned so much today about i mean it the world sometimes feels cattywampus to us it does but we have one consistency here and that is when you listen to the carolina home podcast we love when y'all are here thanks so much <laughs>